It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Caught! Touchdown! We did it! Yes, Eric Franson and Jason Walker, officially. You know, when the big voice guy says it, then it becomes real. Yeah, that's that's where it counts. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Uh, yes, we're uh, talking about what's going on in sports here locally on the Full Court Press. Two hours of the Full Court Press on until 6 o'clock tonight and um, every night. Well, unless we're bumped by like a Utah Jazz game or an early high school game. But by and large... We're on for two hours every weekday, um, and there's a lot to, to get through. Previewing high school football, uh, the kickoff the season on Friday. Uh, the next coach that we're going to talk to today is Craig Ander for the Green Canyon Wolves. Um, a lot of returning players on defense, but what about the offense? And so we'll ask him about that. Uh, uh, opportunity to continue to break down and, and preview the great players of this Utah State football team. We'll introduce number nine on our list of top 25 Aggies for this upcoming season, who that is, and uh, get your reactions uh, to that. I had a chance to go up to practice earlier today and spoke with Josh Sturzer, tight end for Utah State, and Michael Onwanyu, uh, quarterback for the Aggies. Get their reactions to what happened in scrimmage, how things are going in fall camp, and um, just continuing to work on improving uh, for the, the team as a whole. So uh, you'll hear those interviews coming up a little bit later on in the show. A stat that blew our minds, our player of the week, and we didn't get a chance to reveal the pick six winner from uh, the, our predictions for the weekend. So we'll reveal that later on in the show as well. I mean, two hours, and we couldn't get to it. <laughs> for some reason, I just had to. I just had other things that were higher priority. I guess. <laughs> That needed to be talked about before we pick six results. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff. So much so that it's boiling over into today. There's just there was a lot for that that first fall scrimmage. Just the fact that we hadn't seen them for a few months, and there are a lot of new players and a lot of questions. And so when a lot of those questions get answered, we got to talk about them, especially because there were only about six members outside, six people outside the team who were able to see that that uh, scrimmage. Yeah, I guess including photographers are maybe closer to ten, but see, you know, not a Very whole lot of number. not a whole lot of members of the public were able to view that scrimmage. So we we have to talk about it because we are the lucky few. Luckily, we won't have that uh, duty for the next scrimmage. Ideally, weather seems like it's going to be a bit better, and so that one will be open to the public. Uh, hopefully, right yeah, in the middle of the day. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. What's our weather supposed to yeah, look let's, like? Yeah, let's, let's see what the weather Saturday, is. Saturday. Saturday Partly cloudy, 85 degrees for the high. So yes, it looks like there's something that could roll through Thursday and Friday, which could be problematic if there's lightning for our high school football uh, kickoff this week. But Saturday looks like it should be okay. Because then something else rolls through. There's a chance of more thunderstorms on Sunday and Monday. 
but Saturday looks like it's in the clear as of now. So it looks like we'll we'll hit that we'll hit that window, and yeah, it'll be just before we hit that high. Noon quite won't be the uh, hottest point in the day, so it should be nice, decent temperature. Watch a couple of hours of Utah State football, and and we'll all get to enjoy that together. And then we can all talk about it here. We can all have our impressions instead of just me and Eric having opinions. Yeah, you don't have to just rely on us. Uh, but yeah, Saturday scrimmage. Um, I'm seeing one o'clock is when they're set to kick off. At least that's what was in the early release. I haven't checked to see if that's I changed. I thought I looked up when I thought something said noon. Um, there aren't too many places they published it, so maybe it is one o'clock. We'll double check. We'll yeah. confirm. Uh, but part of this, uh, you know, process of what we're evaluating for Utah State football is uh, what what things still. Or what issues are still a bit of a concern? What positions or things going on? I think we've we've addressed some of those. Some things were kind of answered in the scrimmage, but the scrimmage also posed a few other questions for us. Um, but we'll continue to get into that. And, and as always, if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. And uh, one of those positions is the tight end position. Carson Terrell, um Saw some action at the tight end position last year as a pass catcher. Used more in the run block uh, scheme for Utah State. When I talked to Anthony Tucker as camp opened, he said he'd like to have tight ends who can do multiple things. And really it's one of the more important and challenging positions in the office because they can do multiple things with the pass protection, uh, run block schemes, and being able to catch the ball. Um, out of the out backfield. And so, you know, how does that tight end get used? Who's going to evolve into that role? And are there players that can effectively do what Anthony Tucker wants to do with the offense? Yeah, that is the question because, you know, like I said, it's, it's a very versatile position. So many of these other positions, especially on the, on offense and defense, they, you know, sometimes wear more than one hat. But on offense, they tend to specialize. Wide receivers catch the ball. You know, they can be good at run blocking, but it's not a requirement. You know, offensive linemen, obviously, they run and they pass block. You know, running backs, they run. Sure, they can be pass blockers, but that's not a huge requirement. Quarterbacks, obviously, they're throwing the ball. So, like, all these guys, they're wearing one hat most of the time. They could be good at multiple things, and that does make you a better player. But with tight end, the ultimate form of your position is being able to do two things really well. Run block and catch the ball. And... Unfortunately for you know a school like Utah State, it's hard to find someone who can do both. We've had them do one or the other. Terrell was was a pretty decent uh, blocker. Um, Caleb Rep was a really athletic pass catching tight end, probably one of the better pass catching tight ends we've had here in quite a while. Mm-hmm. But to find someone who can do both is really tricky, and having only one or the other can limit your offense. Because if you have only a blocker, then it's easy for the defense to key in on that. If you have only a, a pass catcher, you know, same thing, but just in a different way. Right. If a, an opposing defense knows that when, when this guy comes out and lines up and they have to spend time thinking, is he going to just be an extension of the offensive line or is he going to be a pass threat? Uh, if, if you can get the, an opposing defense spending time wondering about what you're going to do or how that's going to affect the, the entire play in its formations, you're doing your job, right? Instead of them just reacting and doing what they want to do, if they're spending time 
guessing what your plan is, you're winning as an offensive coordinator and as an offensive system. Yeah, the more the defense has to guess, the better off you are on offense. If they don't have to guess what you're doing, you're in deep trouble. Or at least or you just better outplay them really well. Uh, yes. So, as we've been saying, the tight end position is one that we're keeping an eye on, and I had a chance to catch up with Josh Sturzer today, a Utah product from uh, Taylorsville High School, and uh, how he's fitting into the system, somebody who's been in this system for a little while, and uh, just how the position overall is evolving at Utah State. Josh Sturzer, Utah boy. Taylorsville High School, is that correct? Taylorsville High, born born and raised. Uh, You played tight end and linebacker and excelled at both. Do you ever get the feeling like maybe you'd like to try the linebacker position again here? Uh, You know, it was was a lot of fun in high school. I totally would like to do it at some point, but uh, I I love being a tight end. I love my teammates and uh, Coach Coach DJ. You know, he's awesome. So I I wouldn't switch, but I'd like to give it a shot maybe. (laughs) Uh, The tight end position, at least in scrimmage here recently, it looked like trying to get the tight ends a little bit more involved in the passing game this year than than last year. Not to say that you guys weren't involved at all, but it seems like that may be a little bit more a new wrinkle this year. Is that fair to say? Uh, Yeah, I mean, we've been working hard all offseason on that kind of stuff, learning the route tree and and really diving into that aspect. We feel pretty comfortable with our uh, run blocking and and our our pass pro, so we we really wanted to emphasize that coming into the offseason. I think it's showing up here so far during camp. Carson was here for a while. He's graduated and he's left. It's kind of a wide open field right now. You got some reps. You got some opportunity last year. But how do you feel about your growth and just the growth of the other guys that are at the tight end position this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, losing Carson is a big loss. He was a stud and, you know, he was the leader of the group and just, uh, just you know, he set the standard real high for us all last year. I think it was really uh, good that we're returning three guys, me, Parker, and Brock, that we're able to see him and see the example he set. And so, you know, we try to live up to that every day and I think you know we just come out here and just uh, play with great effort and and we can uh, and we can keep that going you know um, you uh, had a lot of success last year as a team so how do you build off of that with what you're doing in the off season with spring and off season conditioning and where you're at now like how do you guys build off of that success that a lot of people didn't see coming last year well, I think, honestly, the, the biggest thing is just forgetting that success, honestly. I mean, remembering the feeling of how great it was to, to be there and succeed, but then getting that, uh, just, just turning away from it almost as quickly so we can remember, you know, we're always still the underdogs. we gotta, we got to work with that same mentality that, that got us to that point last year so that we can return and do it again. we got to, you know, not, not think too highly of ourselves and, and uh, put it, be able to put ourselves in that same situation. I guess last question is, you know, why did you choose to come to Utah State? Um, I just love the culture, you know. I'm like you said, I'm, I'm born and raised in Utah. Uh, the coaching staff that recruited me uh, was awesome. I, I fell in love with the place almost immediately as soon as I came up and toured campus. Just, just everything about Logan, honestly. Just it was the ten for ten on, on everything. So, awesome. Well, uh, best of luck this season. We'll be keeping an eye on you. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. So there's Josh Sturzer, tight end for Utah State University. Uh, what I like about Sturzer is, uh, and why I brought up the fact that he was a, a linebacker in high school. He was actually a highly decorated linebacker at high school, and so he he has that physical. I don't know if the right term is prowess, but the ability to get physical on the line if necessary. It's, it's craziness. It, it's stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those words that describe just how stupid it is to be that physical in football. But yes, some people but enjoy it. Having having that experience. 
uh, it, it puts him in a good position to be a run blocker where he's okay mixing it up on, in the line, but he's also a very talented, highly decorated tight end as well. So um, he definitely fits into the pass uh, offense that Utah State likes to do. And we saw on Saturday that the tight ends were getting more involved in the passing game than we saw last year. Yeah, they got a few more passes. Um, you know, again, they don't seem to be like they're involved in like some of the more dynamic plays. I mean, again, the down the field stuff. Um, it didn't feel like they were too involved. Like there, I think there was one play where they threw to a tight end down the field, and that was the third or fourth stringer. I I was gonna write down his name to mention it, but I can't remember. It was the transfer from Missouri State, and it's another name I can't pronounce anyway. So, but like he had like you know a thirty-five yard catch. All the rest of them, they weren't throwing the ball more than four or five yards down the field to him, which I guess can just be a schematic thing. And honestly, I looked this up to see what they were doing last year as far as the depth of target for these guys. And it was the same thing. You know, majority of the targets and catches were within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Um, maybe if these guys proved to be a little more athletic, because last year it could have been just a function of, you know, not having the personnel. Sometimes that's how that determines what plays you're calling for your tight ends or what concepts they're involved in. If these guys have more, are more athletic, if Sturz is a little more athletic and is a little better of a pass catcher, if Brock Lane or, or Parker Buchanan, if they can prove to be better pass catchers, maybe they'll start changing the concepts they're running. Because right now they are more involved. You're right. But they're not like the, you know, they're not doing the, the fun stuff, I guess, so to speak. Not really to stretch the field. More as a safety valve, as checking down. Uh, other options aren't there. Look off to see where the tight end is and dump it off to him. Yeah, it's the, the safety blankets, the possession receivers. It's second and three. You throw to your tight end four yards down the field. He makes the catch no matter who's draped over him, and you reset the sticks. And there's definitely value in that. I don't want to say that just because you're catching a four-yard pass means you aren't valuable to the team. But right now, that seems to be the role they're playing. Which, again, it could help. It's nice to have a safety valve instead of having to be like, well, nothing's open, so I'll haul it 60 yards down the field and hope my guy catches it. Right, or scramble yeah. and risk you know, getting sacked or not going for as many yards or put your quarterback at risk. Yeah, which Bonner can't take too many hits. No. And he's not athletic enough to really go anywhere. Uh, four 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 six on our full court press text line. He was the one that caused the butt fumble versus San Diego State. <laughs> Wait, there was a butt fumble against today? I? I don't remember that. I'll have to go yeah, back. I don't remember that one either. Or go back and watch that one. I know there was the one where uh, the punter kicked it off his own guy, but I don't think that was a. I don't think that was a. Okay. It was the yeah, punt. The, okay. He's saying the punt. So, yeah. The punt. Maybe. It's been the pressure. Was, that, was uh, Sturzer on the, the punt block team? Could have been. Yeah, against the punt god. Yes. That, I, I, I like to think of that play. So much enjoyment. Because for Utah game. State, it's like, I see no God here but <laughs> me. Just against the punt God, they turned immortal. Uh, 5338, also on our full court press text line. Goodbye, Serena. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. It's not a very nice thing not to say. Not a lot of love there for uh, Serena Williams. Not really announcing her retirement, per se. She said it's an evolution away from tennis, but. She's basically retiring. She's basically retiring, yeah. One yeah. more, and then she's calling it. All the great athletes are hated. It's yeah. just how it is. Uh, you're probably going to hear more from me about her 
later on in the show. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, five, we maybe talk five, about three, that a little three, bit eight. more. Because yeah. Serena is a very influential athlete. Uh, the most influential female athlete um, probably of the last 20 or so years. I'm trying to think of another one. like Simone Biles, maybe? But again, Serena walked so that Simone Biles could run. That's kind of the way it is. Yeah, it's true. Um, so definitely one of the better athletes and more influential ones. 4781, I say the same about Serena. She is acting like women are the only ones who sacrifice their careers. I'm a male who quit college to take care of kids. So part of her announcement, it's been overlooked by a lot of people, but part of it is she kind of threw some shade at uh, Tom Brady. He's coming into uh, this season. He'll be 45 when he takes his uh, first snap uh, later on this season when the season begins and uh, basically saying, you know, he, he can still go out there and, and compete and perform. But if I want a family, I have to choose one or the other. Tom Brady was able to continue to compete while he had a family, but I have to choose one or the other. Yeah. And she's not wrong about that. You know, there are, when it comes to sports, women face, you know, there's, there's a lot of disadvantages. Um, and that's one of them. If they want to have a family, which a lot of women want to have a family, they want to have children, they have to choose. You know, in, in women's sports, it's a thing where players will miss a season because they're pregnant. That doesn't happen to men. You know, they aren't on the injury report out for a season pregnant. Or <laughs> maternity leave. Or maternity leave. It's, oh, they, they tore their ACL or whatever, you know, something like that. Women have that reality. So she's not wrong in, in that sense. No, but it's it's not... I want to be careful how we say this, but it's not its not a function of culture, men versus women. It's a function of biology. And, it is, it for, and as unfortunate as that is, it is a fact of life. Um, and I, I, I can definitely empathize the best that I can, not being a woman myself, but understand what they have to go through. Like, yeah, to have a family... Yes, a woman has to go through something much more different than a man does to have a family. And to be a professional athlete performing at the highest level, it takes you out of out of the game. And sometimes uh, it permanently takes you out of the game. Some are able to come back and still compete at a high level after having children, but it's extremely difficult. Yeah. So 4781, he, he texts in again, says, but how much more likely are men to miss time by injury? I'm just saying that it, it seems like men's injuries end up being worse tomato-tomato. I mean, if you're playing longer as a man, there sometimes can be a buildup of injuries. I don't know the, the like ratio of if women are more likely to get injured. Um, the, the nature of how men play in some of their sports, it's more violent. Yeah, especially given that men play football, women pretty much don't. Right. There's no really major women's football that that really matters, I guess. Or some kind of a female equivalent where they play a, a violent sport that's prone to serious injury. Yeah, so they're generally playing a lot of the non-contact sports. Basketball is probably as close as they get to being a violent sport, which that isn't a violent sport. It's more tendon injuries that they're going to be facing, which I, I imagine they're it's pretty similar to men. I'd have to look that up. 
4781 adds, Alex Morgan is still at top after she had a kid. Yeah. Well, there's, there's plenty of examples of women having kids and coming back and being just as good uh, as they were before. I mean, Serena won a tournament while she was pregnant, I believe. So, you know, it's possible to come back from that just fine. Especially in the modern age, modern medicine, it's so much easier to come back from those kind of setbacks. You know, being pregnant or tearing a ligament. So, uh, And one last point here, and we'll have to move on. 4781 says, I guess the point I'm trying to get at is that there are many other circumstances different than Serena's that she doesn't even care to consider. Yeah, and that's just a function of her, her experience. She doesn't see everything. She doesn't know everything. Um, she is pointing out one thing where I believe she is right to a degree, where you can point out individual. I mean, 4781, I believe he mentions that he quit college to take care of his kids. There's situations. But they're, she's painting with broad strokes. And so maybe there's individual situations she might miss. But in general, she's right in this specific instance that you know women have to choose, in some cases, between having kids and having a career. Or a lot of times interrupting their career to have kids. The thing, too, with, with Serena, she has competed at such a high level beyond the age 30, which is extremely rare when you look at the history of great tennis players and how many titles they have won. Serena has won more than all of them combined. So she has outlasted when a typical great female tennis player continues to compete at a very high level. So... She has defied the odds in a lot of different ways. Um, all right, we, we'll get to more texts that have come through in just a few moments here. We're going to take a, t- a time out here in the Full Court Press. We'll reveal number nine in our top 25 Aggies of the 2022 football season. Also coming up a little bit later on the show, a conversation with Craig Ander as we preview the Green Canyon Wolves as they get ready for their season opener coming up uh, this Friday on the road at uh, Crimson Cliffs. So that's coming up here in just a few minutes. But first, uh, it is still hot out there, and it can still be tough on your vehicle. So make sure it's running at its optimum by getting Valvoline Instant Oil, uh, Max Life Oil, I should say, at Valvoline Instant Oil Change for your vehicle. Uh, The great thing there is they have uh, Valvoline Synthetic as well. So you have options and uh, they get you back out on the road quickly. They're at 695 North Main in Logan. Plus, they're now open on Sundays at Valvoline Instant Oil Change. I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. Did you know that we have the largest appliance parts inventory in northern Utah and southern Idaho? If you're a handy person and need a part to finish your repair, chances are we have that part in stock and at a competitive price. Hi, I'm Jeff, a manager here at Daryl's, your one-stop appliance shop for sales, service, and parts. Serving all of northern Utah and southern Idaho for over 52 years, Daryl's, west on Airport Road, open until 6 on weekdays and 5 p.m. on Saturdays. S.C. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. People from St. George to Rexburg drive to Logan to shop Utah's oldest jewelry store. 
And one major reason is price. When diamonds are compared up and down the Wasatch Front, S.E. Needham's is as low or lower than any store in the state. We compete with any 50 to 70% off sales, student discounts, or so-called wholesale prices. So when it's time for an engagement ring, come to the store where Utah gets engaged. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. This is Ryan My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Every great team knows that you have to train to stay on top of your game. Even top players continue to practice the fundamentals. That's why Les Olson Company offers free IT security awareness training so your business can stop threats before they become a problem. Learn what to do in case of a suspected phishing attack. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. All of us here at The Fan congratulate this year's Best of Northern Utah Gold and Silver winners presented by Campbell Snacks, home of Pepperidge Farm. Businesses like Accent Painting or Cash Valley Oral and Facial Surgery, Valley Implement. A bunch of uh, winners from a lot of different categories throughout our community. Check it out. Uh, grab yourself your own magazine. It's a great guide for great businesses here in our own community bestofnorthernutah.com uh, or uh, grab, check it out online, bestofnorthernutah.com. Uh, we've got about a dozen different places where you can grab your own magazine and uh, hold on to it. Uh, we find them here at the radio station, too, if you want. Um, but, Jason, it's time for number nine in our countdown of top 25 Aggies for 2022. We're getting to the single digits, and these are the more impactful players and I think when you start getting into the top 10, it invites a little bit more debate potentially as to who is ranked above or below somebody else. But to help us uh, introduce number nine and our top 25 Aggies, Hall of Famer Al Lewis. Number nine on our Cash Valley Media Group's list of the top 25 Aggies for this year is Hunter Reynolds, the safety, who wears number 27. He's from South Orange, New Jersey, transferred here from the University of Michigan. In fact, in his four years at Michigan, he was in 20 career games and had 22 tackles. Last year, he almost went four more times that 
making 83 stops for the Aggie defense, number two only behind Justin Rice. He also recorded four tackles for a loss and had a sack along the way, recovering a fumble and had an interception. So he can make big plays. He's been on winning teams before in high school. He made the Aggies a winner last year with his transfer here in the secondary. We look forward for a big year this year. Number nine on our list is Hunter Reynolds. I like Hunter Reynolds here. I actually had him just outside the top 10 and on my list, but I'm totally okay with him being a top 10 player. I'm going to need to double check where I put him. Give me a second. But it's certainly an impactful player for USU last year. I don't always love that your safety is second in tackles, but he was definitely an impact player who made a difference in the secondary for Utah State doing a lot of different things. We've talked about versatility before, especially at the safety position, where somebody can drop back in coverage, can come up and and be a support with the other linebackers. And uh, look, the guy, as a safety, had four tackles for loss and a sack. He also knocked down three passes, grabbed an interception. The guy did a little bit of everything for Utah State. Uh, They're going to need him to be a lot like that again this year, Though he's gonna, I feel like he's gonna have more help in that secondary where he may not have to do so much himself. Yeah, he may not be. I mean, maybe he'll be second in tackles, but uh, I'll say this: I looked it up. I had him number ten, so this right is on. right about where I had him. Um, I do agree as far as you don't want your safety being up there in tackles. I mean, him and Shaq Bond were like I think they were two and three. Of course, Justin Rice was like way up there in terms of the lead, so he was always making plays. And I guess if he didn't make the play, then one of our safeties made the tackle, I guess. Um, but one thing um, that stuck out to me is at the end of uh, Blake Anderson's, um, or towards the end of his interview after the, the scrimmage, he was asked about Hunter Reynolds, and he had a lot of praise to say about him. Now, one thing he said is that Reynolds isn't really a super dynamic player. And you can kind of see that in the fact that if you look at the guys around him in terms of tackles like Shaq Bond and Justin Rice, they were making tons of plays like both Rice and Bond to like three interceptions east each, like multiple forced fumbles, a lot more sacks, tackles for loss, and, and different things like game-changing plays. Reynolds didn't have a lot of those. You know, he, had, he did have the four tackles for loss, which is kind of exceptional for a safety to have. But, you know, not, not much in the way of sacking the quarterback, which, again, that's not his job. But, again, one interception – I think he might have recovered one fumble, but no forced fumbles. So those super game-changing plays, he's not making. But the thing that Blake Anderson talked about is that he's consistent. Um, he, he basically said he was the most consistent guy out there, a coach on the field, you know, calms the defense down. He's an everyday leader. He's using all of these phrases to describe Reynolds, and that's a good thing to have. You know, he's not the Justin Rice, he's not the Shaq Bond, but you want a Hunter Reynolds out there as a leader, as a guy making consistent plays, pulling his weight and doing his job because that brings value. And then you have other guys that are making those highlight plays and you have a complete defense. Right. It elevates a lot of the other guys around him. Uh, He had a nice uh, interception Saturday, kind of a tip drill. Ball was, uh, pass was tipped and he got under it to pick it off. Um, But yeah, just one of those uh, elder statesmen, if you will, in that secondary, which not necessarily saying that it's a lot of youth and inexperience because that's a, a position group that we're very high on this year but he definitely has that experience and that talent to help anchor it 
Uh, he may not be the guy that makes all the spectacular plays, but he's going to be in the middle of a lot of plays. Yeah, he's going to be helping. You know, again, he'll probably be towards the top in tackles again, making those plays with the linebackers, with the strikers. Uh, Gervin Hall is probably going to be making the big hits. Dominic Tatum maybe work on that coverage. Maybe he'll get a few interceptions, or maybe other corners in the secondary will get the interceptions. But Hunter Reynolds is going to be a steadying presence who will just make this defense better in general, even if he's not the guy on the highlight reels. That's number nine on our list of top 25 Aggies for 2022. <laughs> How do you feel? Is he rated too high or too low in his impact for the team this upcoming season? Love to get your thoughts on it. 435-339-0321-9315 says, I would hope that your safety is not the leader in sacks or most tackles out of all your defensive players. Yeah, that would be that would be a scary year. <laughs> yeah. If your Un- unless your safety, safety has like the team in sacks. If your safety has like twenty sacks, I'd be all right with that. Well, that's yeah. If it's a crazy number, in which case, why is he playing safety? If you can effectively <laughs> run the safety blitz time and time again, that's okay. Uh, and he adds, "I think Hunter is right where he should be." Yeah, I I had him eleven. You had him ten. We're pretty close to where a lot yeah, of us. Pretty much, a couple of people, I guess, put him in the probably close to the top five. But yeah, you know, a leader on the defense in the top ten, like he should be. All right, another step aside here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, a conversation with Craig Ander, the head coach of the Green Canyon Wolves, as they prepare for their season opener coming up on Friday. That's next here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Since 1926, our family has been proud to serve the people of Utah. During our 96th anniversary sales event at Murdoch GMC Chevrolet Buick and Cadillac of Logan, we've got the lineup to get you anywhere with confidence. Drive home a new Sierra, Acadia, or Yukon with 0% for 36 months. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Chevrolet Buick GMC and Cadillac of Logan or online at MurdochChevroletLogan.com. We are professional grade. Call 866-628-3065 or see dealer for complete details. Offer expires 831-22. Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac. Power you can count on. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker.
Green Canyon Wolves, uh, certainly the youngest and newest school in Region 11, but uh, certainly there's no lack of experience there with the coaching staff and even some of the players coming back this season. Coach Craig Ander is head coach for the Green Canyon Wolves. He joins us now here on the Full Court Press. Coach, thanks for your time today. Hey, you bet. Thanks, you guys. It's good to talk to you. So uh, Green Canyon uh, is uh, been open how many years, Coach? How many, how many years have you been there at Green Canyon? Five years. And before that, you were at Skyview for how many seasons? Oh, you're going to make me do some math. <laughs> I started coaching in 2001 as an assistant coach in 2005, I think, was my first year as a head coach. Okay. So there's some math there for you. 15, you know, 17 years about. Well, we'll let the listeners do the math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> experience. That's the bottom line here. There's there you experience go. There you go. In, in this area. So, um, that is actually, uh, as I've, as we've been talking to some of the other coaches, that is one of the unique and fun aspects about Region 11 football is that so many of the coaches are from the area, have experience either as a player or as a coach uh, in these on these teams, or at least from the Valley in, in general. And that's what makes this region really fun and exciting, in addition to all the schools being geographically so close to each other. You know, you're absolutely right. I grew up as a young kid until I was 12 living right by Logan High. And uh, I remember as a kid walking because Woodruff Elementary was part of the high school. They've since torn that down. But I would walk right by the practice field. And, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but we, we hit a gold mine when we found a used mouthpiece because we could take that home, boil it in water, and fit it to our own mouth. And we thought we were real football players at a young age. Uh, I remember playing at Mount Crest and playing against Coach Hal at Logan. He was a year or two older than me, but playing against him, and, and you know now he's coaching at Skyview. I remember playing at Mount Crest, and Coach Cox was my coach, and his son, Travis, uh, who's coaching at Ridgeline, uh, I ran into all the time and talked to as a young kid. So small world, and it's been fun to be able to interact with all these guys. Yeah, so kind of speaking of, of Travis Cox, I actually asked him a question kind of like this where, you know, you're at a pretty new school. Green Cane's been around for five years. You've been around for the entirety of, of that school's history, and Ridgeland's also pretty new. So I asked him kind of like, what's it like where you're basically forging the tradition of a school, whereas, uh, you know, Skyview, Mountain, Crest of Logan have been around for like 100 years. Uh, you guys are, they have, they have their own traditions and whatnot, but you're kind of run by the seat of your pants as far as forming traditions at, at Green Canyon. Well, it was fun when we came here because uh, we were able to really sit down and think, what do we want to do at a new school and what traditions do we want to start? And uh, so I felt like we were real purposeful in our efforts to start some traditions here and start some things and in a way a mentality. And, and I think we've seen that develop and, and come to fruition a little bit over the last few years. Coach, this is a, a team that's uh, always been competitive. Uh, you do a great job of fielding a team that's always going to fight uh, and uh, give your opponents uh, uh, you know, a heck of a battle. This year, you, you look like you're in a position to be not just in the fight, but the one near the top with so many returning players, especially on defense. And let's start there. So much returning talent uh, on, on defense, guys who have uh, starts and, and years of experience in your system Talk about that defense uh, coming into this season and what kind of a strength that's going to be for you. You know, I, we, we believe defense is the cornerstone of our team, and uh, we've really worked hard to develop that both schematically and in the player mentality. 
And so it's uh, last year we finished third in state in scoring defense in points allowed, and we're always trying to push that envelope. Um, so that's something that we've, we've tried to be very purposeful at. It, it, it's nothing without a – I mean, our coach – well, that talks nothing, but it's the kids and the way they buy in. And you got kids like Caden Stewart and, ba- and, and, and uh, uh, Brody Heyman that are returning, that are anchoring our defense at the safety spot. Uh, Peyton Johnson, a returning alpha who is just, he's kind of like the leader, the quarterback of that defense. You got Spencer Gerber, a corner, who's returning. You got Tate White, a linebacker, Cordell Coates, a linebacker. And then our D-line, uh, we've got Will Wheatley, who, who's a state champion wrestler, our first state champion wrestler, and uh, coming back to his junior year. And he got his best friend in the weight room, and, uh, and, and his best friend is going to be the other end. Uh, and, and that's exciting to see those two able to work together and to be able to do that. Um, I don't know if I – if uh, I think that's kind of cool. And then Jackson Landon is going to be the nose who's a returning starter. So it's exciting to have those guys and to have that defense be the anchor of our team. So kind of talking about whereas, you know, you've generally had good teams. Last year you, you clearly had a good team, but – Seemed like you were maybe a little shy of some of the teams at the top where you kind of lost big to Ridgeline, lost by a couple touchdowns to Skyview. Um, if you were to kind of make that jump to to the top of the region, maybe towards the top of 4A, what would be the difference this year versus last year where you, know, you were maybe a little bit shy of the top? Well, I, I was really pleased with our defense, but our offense needs to be more productive. We were just very low scoring last year. We had uh, six games go to the final play. And uh, we won five of those games. You know, it, we did lose to Skyview by more than one touchdown, but it came to the last play of the game. We fumbled on the goal line. They picked it up and returned it for a touchdown. Uh, that would have been the go-ahead touchdown for us. And so um, we've got to produce more on our offense. We've got to be a little more consistent there. We really worked hard on our special teams, and we felt like last year we made a big step in the right direction because we, uh, you know, we got two blocks. Uh, pump blocks, which are huge, two return touchdowns, which are huge. Both of those things, there's a pump block and a return touchdown that was the reason we won games. And so we're really trying to do it right. We're trying to make sure that we're, we're teaching hard and teaching well. We, we focused on defense. We focused on special teams. And now we got to get that offense a little more productive. You're talking to Craig Ander, head coach of the Green Canyon Wolves. And uh, you talk about offensive production. You've got a returning quarterback, Jack Stevens. Running back uh, Gavin Christensen also coming back. Uh, You've you got some talent and experience there coming back on offense. We do, and that experience is huge. You Going into your first varsity game, there's a big difference from a kid playing his first varsity game and a kid who's already played a year. And so um, Jack is so much more composed. I think he's 180 degrees more confident than he was last year. Uh, it, everything is very clear to him, and he's got clear understanding of of each play and what we're trying to accomplish. And, and I, I, I believe that's going to lead to increased production uh, at that spot. And, and, and a year of, of, of football helps him with that. Um, and then we add some other good receivers. Uh, 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 you add uh, Stewie, Caden Stewart, and Kel Cragen, who will be new to the lineup. Caden Stewart's a three-year starter at receiver. And, and Boston Stewart, who's a two-year starter at receiver. And, and, and we've got uh, Dewey Egan stepping in with some very explosive receiver play. And so we're excited about our, 
our, our skill positions. We're excited about our line. It's just young. Dylan Atkinson is a returning, our only returning starter at O-line, excuse me, and uh, he'll be our center. And then we got four other guys that I think between them all, they've got two varsity plays. And so uh, it'll be a young O-line, and we've got to work hard to make sure we're putting them in real positive situations that they could be successful in. So you mentioned you know having a young offensive line. Like, how do you try and get them up to speed? You know, in the off season to have them ready by you know week one, so you're not like losing games because of inexperience on the offensive line. Well, I think there's a couple things. Is is one of these kids got a chip on their shoulder? They want to prove everybody that hey, they could be young but still be good. So they've developed that mentality, a real focus. Another is just reps. There's nothing better than just good quality reps and making sure that they're doing them at high levels. Uh, we've also simplified the offense so that they don't have a lot of plays, so they can get a lot of reps at the plays we have to do and, and, and what we want to do. And so I think those are the kind of things we're trying to do. And then another thing is we got to get the ball out of Jack's hands quickly uh, and get it into receiver's hands. That relieves a lot of pressure from an O-line. But you talked about getting ready for for week one. It's coming up. It's Friday, and uh, you, your team hits the road against a Region Ten team, a potential playoff preview, if you will, about those uh, teams from down south. Uh, and the other non-region games that you've got, you've got Pleasant Grove, Park City, and Morgan. Interesting mix of teams and different classifications to prepare you for region play. What, what's your philosophy about the types of teams you like to 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 have your team face or go through? to get you ready for uh, or before you begin region play? Well, I have a philosophy, but then there's also just a little bit of luck <laughs> because you have to find a team that's, that's got a schedule open that fits yours. And so uh, uh, we like to play a mix of teams. We like to play teams that are similar to our region and to our the state teams. We like to play teams that are good, that can go in and have good region records in their own region because that helps the RPI. We, we're in an RPI world, and, 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 you know, Morgan, I know they're 3A, but they're a really good 3A school, uh, and they are physical and tough and tough on defense, and Park City always has athletes that are going Division One. They could be very explosive. And, you know, Pleasant Grove's got this huge history of, of a lot of success over the years, and then obviously Crimson Cliffs, who knocked us out of the playoffs last year presents a, a big challenge. So really our philosophy is we want to play challenging teams. We want to play teams that uh, push us, that can test us, so that we can see where we're at what we got to work on. It's kind of talking about that Crimson Cliffs game. I mean, how much of the are your kids looking forward to that one? Because that's a team that I believe you beat in week one last year uh, and then lost to in the playoffs. This is kind of a... I guess uh, bad blood, maybe for lack of a better term, maybe not quite that bad, but this is a, this is a game these guys are really looking forward to? Uh, I, I think you summed it up pretty well. I, I wouldn't say bad blood, but I would say a determination. Our kids are fired up to uh, match up against these guys, have a shot at them. You know, we did not want to be done playing football last year when we were, and uh, I think these kids want a chance to prove themselves against a very good Crimson Quest team. Well, Coach, we wish you the best of luck. It's fun seeing these teams get ready, and it's hard to believe the season's already upon us. It seems earlier than normal, but uh, that's just the way the calendar is. But uh, we also look forward to hearing Craig Hislop and John Russell call the games for you guys on 100.9 as as they will follow all the Green Canyon games. But, uh, Coach, best of luck, and uh, you start out on the road at Crimson Cliffs, that long drive, but hopefully you're coming back home feeling pretty good. 
Hey, thanks, you guys. And you know what? It's a great time of year, isn't it? We're finally getting football going again. I, I, I just I couldn't be happier, and our kids are excited. So thanks for all you do, and, and uh, we're excited for a great football season. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cash Valley since 2007. Visit ValleyOfficeSystems.com. Back to school time is here. You have a lot to do to get the kids ready, which includes new glasses. Crystal Vision can help. For a limited time, save 30% off frames and lenses for your child ages 18 and under. Plus, flex spending is due, so now is the time to get your order in. Send them back to school in style and save 30% off. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision. Gold medal winner Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally, now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Uh, your locally owned Napa Auto Parts store is well stocked up on that hard-to-find oil. Like full synthetic, $22.99 for a five-quart size. Napa Fleet Heavy Duty Motor Oil, $13.99 a gallon. A lot of different options available at Napa Auto Parts. They sponsor the Dan Patrick Above the Noise segment coming up here in just a few minutes. But uh, Green Canyon, there are a lot of uh, people, publications uh, are pegging them as the Region 11 favorites coming into this upcoming season. Yeah, it's kind of wide open, you know, with, with Ridgeline. You know, they had the big season last year go 13-0 and and, and kind of wiped the floor with a lot of 4A. Most of that team is gone, at least most of the key contributors, quarterback, running back, a lot of the wide receivers, and a lot of the defense. So, you know, somebody's got to fill that vacuum, and Green Canyon seems to be the top pick, largely because of all the Region 11 teams, they probably returned the most. They returned most of their defense, I think 8 of 11 starters, their top two tacklers, their best defensive lineman in terms of production and tackles for loss and sacks, who was only a sophomore last year. Um, then they returned their quarterback, top running back, and top receiver. It's like most everything, they've at least got something. They're not missing in most key categories, except maybe I think the offensive line. Right. You talked about that where you, they are, I think, returning, what, one starter? Yeah, the center. Yeah, so they'll maybe lack a little bit there, but if they get on, on course, then maybe they can be the next team. Like I think two years in a row, 
we had a team out of Region 11 go 13-0, and because I think Skyview did it in 2020. Yeah. If I remember right, and then Ridgeline does it last year. Is Green Canyon going to do it this next year? That'd be quite the streak. Yeah, it would. Especially, it would. With, especially with three different teams, because Skyview won like 27 straight games, went like 25 or 26-1 and one over a two-year span. To have 39 straight wins by like three different teams, the Region 11 winner, that would be remarkable. That's nuts. Possible. And, you know, there's there's questions. Um, I mean, what does uh, what is Logan going to look like? Bear River and, and Mountain Crest have new coaches. So there's, there's a lot of questions about how things are going to roll out throughout Region 11. Uh, we'll find out more about Skyview tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. We're not leaving them out. Uh, we're going to have a conversation with Chris Howell and find out about his team to conclude our run through the Region 11 football previewing what's going on for these teams as they get ready to start their seasons this Friday night. Remember, we're going to have full play-by-play of all Region 11 teams starting Friday night. Uh, We've got um, play-by-play teams in place to cover all of these games. We'll be on local radio, uh, streamed on Cash Valley Daily, a lot of different ways to follow these these games and these teams. Yeah, and if you want to keep hearing my beautiful voice, (laughs) you can come listen to the Logan broadcast on KVNU because I'll be there. Broadcasting, assuming it's not delayed by lightning, We've, Eric was following the the, the weather because apparently there's a change for Saturday and and Friday. So if there's not a lightning delay, of course, if there is, you'll still hear me. I'll still yeah, be on the broadcast. Fill the time. You'll just have to hear me awkwardly try and fill 45 minutes of content, maybe. <laughs> However long those lightning delays last, they can be crazy. Sometimes, yeah. But yeah, fingers I'll, crossed everything holds out okay, so we can get these games in. Yeah, but we got a lot of people, a lot of experience, a lot of returning experience for a lot of these games. So it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to consume these games, even if you can't be there. Uh, and uh, I know, Jason, you're working on a preview for these uh, uh, Region 11 football teams. It'll also share details about who's you know playing on what stations. Uh, I know we already have the schedule up on Cash Valley Daily, but we'll continue to highlight and uh, promote what's going on for high school football for all teams in Region 11, which really is is unprecedented to see every team with its own broadcast partner, its own broadcast play-by-play crew. And we've got a lot of great experience and talent just on the play-by-play side, too. So I'm really excited for this upcoming season for high school sports. Uh, coming up next hour, we'll uh, hear from Michael Onwanyu, Utah State corner, and uh, get his thoughts about the defense for Utah State, how things are developing with that talent in the secondary. We talked about Hunter Reynolds. Uh, there's a lot of other guys in that secondary for USU. So uh, I got a chance to catch up with him after practice today. That's coming up next hour. We'll reveal our stat that blew our minds, our player of the week, uh, things, other things that we want to see in the scrimmage coming up this Saturday from what we saw from the scrimmage last Saturday uh, and reveal who won pick six, recap the weekend that was, and see how close we were to getting all of our predictions correct or not correct. Probably nowhere close to getting them all correct, but... It's happened. It's been a little while, but it's happened. Uh, and we'll also get your texts, 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in on our Full Court Press text line. Uh, questions or comments that you may have related to high school football, Aggies, uh, Jazz, Serena Williams, whatever. A lot of different topics to get through today. We'll get to that. Uh, stay tuned. Continue to uh, uh, chime in and contribute. We'd love to get the feedback 
from uh, from you, our listeners. So 435-339-0321. A lot more coming up next hour here on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. When the Brooklyn Nets superstar Kevin Durant requested a trade, it was clear he wanted out of Brooklyn. But the reason has remained a mystery. Many assumed it was due to Kyrie Irving. And while that may still be a factor, a reason for the 12-time All-Stars displeasure was finally revealed yesterday. It was reported Durant has told the owner, Joe Sy, it's either him or head coach Steve Nash and G. Sean Marks. In sports, players and management clash all the time. We've seen that at Manchester United with Cristiano Ronaldo and Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. This situation's different. The Nets management has done everything for Kevin Durant. They signed Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan, traded for James Harden, hired Nash after Durant endorsed him, and have spent well into the luxury tax in multiple seasons. Brooklyn has been over backwards to keep Kevin Durant happy. And Marks and Nash, they're not perfect, but when you see what the Nets have done for Durant, it's hardly fair to put all of Brooklyn's failures on them. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.